Hi, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Toy Heart, a podcast about bluegrass. This is the last episode of season two here from Nashville is my conversation with Allison Krauss. I remember, you know, the first time I looked out in the audience and saw people singing words to our songs that only we had recorded. That was just a really crazy moment. Just never thought it would end up being there. Never thought we'd hear back from Rounder. Yeah. Never thought we would hear from Rounder in the first place. If this is your first time listening, you can hear full interviews with Jerry Douglas, Allison Brown, Bela Fleck, Larry Sparks, Jody Stecker, and so many more wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Later on. From BGS, you're listening to The Shift List, where chefs talk about the music that fills their kitchens, restaurants, and recipes. I'm Chris Jacobs. Support for The Shift List comes from Nomad. The Santa Barbara, California-based tech accessory company specializes in leather and ruggedly engineered mobile accessories. And new for 2019, Nomad just announced its natural collection, a line of beautiful natural leather products like their new Apple watch strap and a rugged case for transporting those white earbuds so you'll never tangle or lose them again. Head on over to hellonomad.com slash BGS and use code BGS at checkout to receive 15% off any full-priced items through the end of January. hellonomad.com slash BGS, 15% discount code BGS at checkout. Let's head to London for my conversation with Phil Bracey. Now, Phil's not a chef, but rather the manager of P. Franco, a neighborhood wine shop, bar, and makeshift restaurant, and Bright, a new restaurant opened in May of 2018 that brought over two former resident chefs from P. Franco, along with many of the natural wines that made the unassuming spot in northeast London's neighborhood of Clapton the 2017 Restaurant of the Year, according to London Eater. It's also important to note that manager is a broad term, as Phil admits that even he doesn't know what his actual title would be at both spots. Granted, he helps to procure and looks after the wines, but more important and less easy to recognize, his approach to hospitality is passionately personal. Paramount to the customer experience at both P. Franco and Bright is music. And like a good DJ, Phil is constantly dialing in the playlist during each night's service, doing his best to follow the flow of where the evening should go. I should note that this episode is a bit longer than most, primarily because we cracked open an incredible bottle of Susakaru wine and managed to finish it by the time our conversation reached the 90-minute mark. It's easy to see why Londoners come back to P. Franco and Bright, and why they often stay for hours. I spoke with Phil back in September of 2018 on one of his days off at Bright Restaurant. Uh, so yeah, my name is Phil Bracey. I am, don't even know what my actual title would be. It's not general manager, it's... I look after the wines, I look after many aspects of the business for both Bright and still to a degree P. Franco. I moved over from Australia three years ago and, and ran P. Franco for the past three years. And then we have literally just opened up Bright four months ago, so the beginning of May. P. Franco is a small, I suppose it's, it's a cave manger, so based on the Parisian model whereby you can buy wines to take away but you can also drink them in it's a sort of strange license but it allows you to have essentially like a mixed business um quite common in paris not quite common in other parts of of, i suppose england and not that definitely not common where i'm from in australia as well so p frank is based in clapton so quite far northeast london a little bit out of the way which 
is to it is part of its success and also part of what makes it a really tricky space as well. So uh, a tiny space also means over, overheads are lower, so less staff, the, the rent is, is cheaper, less things running. So things were lower and we could bring the price of everything down and run a, a carbon monger scale. To do that in maybe like Soho, you, you need foot traffic like crazy. Where we are there, well, the pressures weren't as high um, the risks, I suppose, suppose weren't as high. Easy for me to say, as I, I didn't open it, but I came along after a year of it being open. But um, coming to P. Franco, coming to Bright, I don't ever want to feel like it's a commitment. I want it to feel like a natural thing that you just go, oh, okay, what do we do? We'll just head up there. It's all or that, like you know, we'll just go there and have a glass and then figure it out. And then four hours later, you've had four plates of food, a couple of bottles of wine, like. Well, that escalated quickly. I'm not really sure how that happened. But it's just it's a comfort thing. I think the comfort of the of both P. Franco and the comfort that someone feels here is 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 paramount to its uh, whatever success or, or whatever you want to call it at this stage, I suppose. I had never worked in a restaurant. I moved over. I'd worked in wine retail for the past um, six, seven years as almost like a second career. But so I moved over wanting a complete change of relationship with the customer whatever it was so I just had it we just had a crack and sort of threw caution to the wind moved over and on, on, on a bit of a fed up with working wine retail and wanting to have a bit more of a a conversation with people about what they want what they enjoy and to make them feel a bit more comfortable because it's not I think especially with wine there's so much bullshit with wine I like it's one of the most pretentious classist things going around which is like quite comical for me to really sort of think about having met so many of the producers that just don't share those same sort of like values they're farmers so often so to have them go to like places you know white tablecloths and you know that that again that pretentious this is how you should drink it out of this glass and this is how the temperature it has to be served that is 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 very strange to see quite often so for me when you go and do harvest you with a winemaker and you see them sort of like you know not not that they're not respecting what they're drinking but it's a much more of a convivial experience it is fermented grape juice it's not something to be put completely on a pedestal it's to be enjoyed to strip somebody else's enjoyment away from something is super frustrating drinking wine hasn't traditionally been fun no so to try and break down that barrier is probably one of the biggest challenges and that's again where p frank i suppose has been quite an interesting way forward there's no wine list at p franco um part of the fun yeah it it sort of i know that's not going to be for everybody um, and that's fine, but it, it basically means you're going to have to have a chat with us. <laughs> if you don't tell us what you want to drink, you're probably not going to get anything. Like, you, you can't. Like, if you – and if you don't know what you like, we've got a bunch of stuff open. Try this. You like it, you don't. It's as simple as that. Like, it's not this, this pretentious classist thing of saying – Oh, I don't know what the right thing to say about a wine is. Nah, come on, that's that's rubbish. It's like you're here spending your money. Whatever you say about the wine is correct. Like you I I might know more about the production of the wine and like technical flavor profiles or, or or something, but you know your palate and you know what you're tasting much more than I know what you're tasting. So 
See, now I love that because I think it's a good transition to talk about music, especially in your space, because mm-hmm. music in a public space is actually a little mm-hmm. different. <laughs> Right, can be. like if someone walks in and says, "I don't like this music," mm. there's not much. There's not a hell of a lot of wiggle room on that. <laughs> you can't just uh, soundtrack each person's individual <laughs> table to what they want to listen to, I suppose. But I suppose we've been a little bit. That, that's one aspect we're a little bit more unapologetic about. Um, <laughs> Uh, going back to the comfort thing, I suppose, with music, we put on what we want. That's not to say we put on what we want at the uh, complete detriment to everybody else's comfort, but it's to say if you had friends over at your house, what would you put on? But um, there's no set thing that we can or can't play. With what, we, we did get into an argument for a little while about I banned like classical jazz from P. Franco for a while because I just thought it's just too much. It's like jazz in a wine bar. Just It just seemed too comical. It's just like, come on, this is, this is playing down that pretentious thing. So it was with my with my uh, the guy who was, who was running P Franco with me for a while, Mac. He um, amazing music source, but he he'd come in and it would be like Chet Baker on there or something like that. And it's like it's beautiful. I love it. It's fantastic, and it's something I would listen to at home. And it's a little bit like played up on the on that pretentiousness that the industry that we work in already has a, a name for itself it's like anyway. In a, in a Nancy Myers movie. Yeah, yeah it's just... You walk in with Chet Baker in a wine bar. Yeah, <laughs> so you just expect somebody to be smoking like a super long cigarette or something or, uh, and to be told what you should be drinking as opposed to what you want to. Like, it's that whole thing. So we put on something that can break down boundaries. Well, the, the, the neighbourhood... Or I should say the space, the best types of places are an extension of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I suppose that that's so true of London itself. Like, There's a huge African population throughout London, um, and that's been such an interesting thing to see from uh, a food, art, culture um, type of thing. So it's... I don't know whether it's because of that, but a lot of the music we end up listening to um, does have a, um, some sort of African influence as well. To be honest, like obsess- obsessively been buying records. There's an amazing record store right next door to Bright here uh, called Stranger Than Paradise. And there's the sheer amount of, of African psych uh, from the 60s, 70s uh, that's come through. I mean, when I moved over, that was sort of... I'd heard of this guy, William Onyabor, I didn't really know anything about him, and now it's, it's, he's almost like a comical um, person here because it becomes like the, the the anthem of the restaurants that we work in. It's just, uh, it's, it's what is it, a caricature of, its, of, of, of the industry, I suppose, to have something like that on, but it creates a really interesting atmosphere, I think. Uh, I, I actually tried to put myself on a bit of a ban uh, from buying African records just because it was just started getting so one-dimensional in, like, what I was buying recently. We always joke about, like, what we should be banned from playing in here, from, like, come on, you can't just keep putting that on every night. Um, but when you're in a busy service, it happens. So Aminaz, 
I get quite obsessive about this sort of like Zamrock feel. And there's like, again, there's, they've ordered a couple of records in for me next door. So Zamrock 1, Zamrock 2. Let me tell you something new about the history of the man. So like, what was it, African... What was it called? That most recent one was African Scream or something like that. African Scream Contest 2. So there was an African Scream Contest 1, which obviously was amazing. Um, put out by the Analog, Analog Africa, so they put out a bunch of, uh, again, these sort of re-releases. And this is It's a compilation. Lost, yeah, a compilation of Lost West African Grooves, Soulful Funky, and Driven by Rhythm, apparently. Uh, Who are some artists on there? What, what are some standout tracks? Uh, well, that was my introduction to Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Compagnie. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the guy's name, but Egon from um, Now Again Records. Um, so based in based in the UK, and he's also his business partner is Madlib. But Now Again Records do a lot of reissues of all these stuff. They're also massively into their food and wine as well. So they, you know, they will come up to, to P. Franco or something and, and buy a bunch of wines and they're like obsessed with these wines and you're sitting in the corner going, fuck me, that's madly. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? And, and then they put out music that you love and it's just this like, you can't help but just get quite caught up. So I'll get in in the morning you know, we're not open till six, but I might be here at ten. The chefs are already cracking away, and quite often, most of the time, it's it's in silence. They've already got their, you know, trying to get their game faces on, get their heads in, and, and quite often it'll be silence here. So I'll come in, and I'll, um, quite often I'll put on something quite mellow and relaxed. I'm, I'm waking up, you know. It's like have my coffee, start the day. I'll put on uh, Magnolia Electric Company or something like that. You know, depending uh, how much sleep and how you know what the vibe of the, the kitchen is during the day, they might sort of chime in and with a with a little bit of a, hey, can you uh, can you put something a little bit more uplifting on? It's like that's basically a huge signal to me that we're pretty fucking tired. We need to get a push on with things at the moment. Can you give us some energy that the music will give? I, I mean, I, I do listen to a, a decent amount of um, I suppose indie rock or post punk uh, as well. I mean, a lot of musical influence I took a lot from my brother. He, he got me into a lot of sort of post-punk stuff before, but I would listen to, like, Galaxy 500. They'd probably do one, one of my favourite covers of all time, which is Ceremony from, from New Order. It's not even, like, that crazy pickup drive. It just has a bit more of a drive through it. It's just constant, and they're long tracks, and it's a bit melodic, I suppose. It's um, there's something that crosses over with dance music or something and and, and uh, post rock that there's this constant drive and drive and drive through it. That's just I, I quite like. There's a there's a particular there's an amazing playlist that I used to listen to at P Franco all the time. It's just the name itself, I was just always really happy with. You may end up having to cut the name, but it's literally called "If You're Not a Mad Cunt But Still Like Music." You know, and it's like Bauhaus, Sonic Youth, Lydia Lunch, The Slits, Roland S. Howard. All this sort of stuff, like it's Tom Waits. But yeah, then we could listen to a lot of hip hop as well during the day. MF Doom and, and, and again Mad Lib and all that sort of stuff that 
we would listen to a lot. But then there's every now and then like one of the other guys would chime in and just want some dumb rap on. And he's like, let's say dumb rap is just like, just put on like uh, two chains or something for a minute. He's like, cool. And that, and that can break up, that can break up um, some things and make everyone just have a bit of like, we enjoy it, but it's also just like a little bit of funniness or something in there. It's like, that's not the vibe, but putting that in there is, is created an interesting palate cleanser. I'm in the kitchen. One of the guys put on like a remix of, um, the Star Wars theme song that went for about 15 minutes the other week. Oh, it's like a disco yeah, version. Yeah, it's like yes. a disco remix. I have that on it's vinyl. It's hilarious. It's so good. And But the thing was, it was good, but then it just kept going and then just kept going. And then after a while, it's like, okay, 15 minutes of the Star Wars theme is a lot to take in. Disco at like, Star Wars. At, yeah, at one o'clock doing Pack Down. It's like, it's a little bit like, it probably lasted 15 minutes because it was one o'clock in the morning and we're all a bit just like brain dead and a bit like, what is going on? That palate cleanser is a perfect way of putting it, but you can put on anything as a palate cleanser for, for, for like one minute. Like if you're always like, I really want to listen to uh, Staggerly, Nick Cave Staggerly, and he's like, that's not appropriate restaurant music by any stretch. He's like, oh, fuck it, put it on. Um, people will deal with it. And once that's done, whatever you put on next is almost like, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's really nice to hear that now. It's fine. And you'll feel the vibe of the room pretty quickly for you know, people who either make it known or not. P. Franco is probably easier to see, see and feel the vibe um, because it's a smaller space and you can there's 15 seats, you can see every single person there. So you can see the vibe very easy. But it's also a space where the vibe changes so much easier because... One or two people, the percentage of what they give to, to the place is such, so much higher. So you have a group of four people sitting at the end of the table who are quiet talkers. And quiet talkers is very much a thing in a restaurant that I've seen. It's like you can have 20 people in, like, in P. Franco and, it, and the vibe be really chill and quiet. And you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. I, I know not to put on there, so I, like, I'll change it. Yeah, exactly. It might be more appropriate than now. Uh, the ban has been lifted. Um, you know, it might be the case that we put something like that on, but other times you could have 10 people there and they're, you know, they're, they've had a couple of bottles beforehand. They're a little bit louder and they're a little bit like getting more into it. And that, at that point, it's just fair game. So, so things pick up. Yeah, things pick All up. All of a sudden, people are hanging off. You know, like where, yeah, where, yeah. where, where do you yeah. take? Where do you take it? Um, you no longer need music well, to it gets fill loud, the space. Yeah, but you need. It's not compete, but to play off it. So. Um, when it starts to get busier and busier, uh, the music can compete. It's not. It's no longer uh, in your face because you're in. You're creating. The, the customer itself is already creating so much volume and noise and and action and and to put on music that matches it, not to overtake it, but to match it. I think can be really fun and interesting. And again, that is not for everybody. I know that some people will just go, "Oh, it's a really loud restaurant." And that and that's cool. I, I get why you don't want that. But that's what I love. You're the first person to say that, though, and um, and that's a great soundbite in the sense that 
it's not about having loud music in a room to like get people to buy more drinks, but no. it's about matching yeah. the energy of the room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, so that people want to stay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like um, <laughs> the 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 flip side of that is is that classic at the end of the night when you're like you're now in control of how long these people are going to stay. These last few tables, there's like, like everyone, most people are paid and there's like three tables left and they're having a great time and you're putting on music and it's much quieter so you're much more able to change the music whenever you want and you're putting on song after song and, and you're having a really good time and you're feeding off the energy that's been so you're on a bit of a high as well. And they're there as well and feeding off it and they're having a great time. And then you're like, fuck, if we don't pull this up soon, like, this won't actually stop. Like, they, if we, we could, like, you feel it sometimes, you could literally just go, we could just keep going for this for another two hours. This is not going to help. And at some point you're just like, right, let's put on some weird shit and, and get some people out of here. The first method, if we really want to do that, is, like, completely bring the vibe down in terms of slowness. So bring on, um, you go back to your almost, like, 6, 7 o'clock music, so someone like Amanaz, um, that record Africa from them. And if that doesn't work, then you start just going, fine, you just put on, like, stupid pop that you're like, cool, we're having fun because we're just, like, doing the dishes and stuff like that at this point. But we'll put on, like, as I said, like, something like Whitney Houston, How Will I Know? It's like, cool, anybody else wants to stick around and do this? Fine, but it's going to be a bit silly at this point from there on. The vibe is gone. Yeah. The, the staff is getting on with the night. Yeah, I'm completely at that point not interested whether the people in the room are necessarily enjoying it. If they choose to enjoy it at that point, cool. <laughs> But it's not, it's not a, it's, it's just completely like fine. And then worst case, uh, completely worst case, no, I do it. She's like, cool, music's off. And you turn the music off, people will leave. We're not a place that will turn lights up. We want people to feel welcome. We're, we're, we feel bad at saying last drinks. We're not that place. Like it's so drink centered. We, we, we started as a wine shop, then opened a wine bar. Now we have a restaurant based on wine. Like drinking into the night is, 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 a, is a part of it. And like pretending that uh, we drink wine purely just for flavor and not because it has an alcohol um, to it that will change your state of mind is completely like absolute bullshit. So, yeah, you want to be out late having a couple of glasses and letting your hair down, you know. Thanks to Phil Bracey. Head to brightrestaurant.co.uk for reservations or check out pfranco.co.uk for hours, location, and a link to their online shop shipping throughout the UK and most countries internationally. You can also head over to thebluegrasssituation.com for a link to Phil Bracey's shift list. A lot of great stuff in there, including all the music you heard on this episode and more. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places for podcasts. The Shift List is produced by me, Chris Jacobs, based on an article by the same name created by Nevin Martell, originally published over at BGS.com. Our executive producer is Amy Reitenauer, with help, as always, from the entire BGS team, including associate editor Justin Hiltner, managing editor Craig Shelburne, marketing guru Joseph Klingel, and all the amazing writers and contributors that make BGS the best source for roots culture redefined. Theme music by Jamie Drake. Check her out at jamiedrakemusic.com. The Shift List is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. Be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now at thebluegrasssituation.com. I'm Chris Jacobs. Thanks for listening. 
Hey, it's Cindy Howes and Lizzie No from the podcast Basic Folk, honest conversations with folk musicians. Basic Folk is truly changing the game with our well-researched deep dives that aim to empower the listener while fostering the folk community. I basically am writing worship music for youth group rejects. Maternal regrets and maternal guilt are universal. I try to make things that are beautiful and that are made with like a purity of intention. You can listen to Basic Folk on the Bluegrass Situation Podcast Network or at basicfolk.com.